Return of the King, Part 12, Homecoming. Upon landing in Portland, Oregon, the travellers spilled out of the plane and into the terminal. Darry joined a crowd of young men and the clown in buying light rail tickets and hopping on a train into the city. Darry thought the men might be meninists like himself. He'd spotted a couple of them staring at the dungarees with open hostility. After 20 minutes or so on the train, Green fields and trees merged into suburban gas station and fast food sprawl and then into the wide, tree-spotted avenues of the city. At the convention centre stop, the carriage emptied. The crowd headed across the wide street to a small hotel adjacent to the main conference building on Martin Luther King Street. This was the official MAMCON residence. The inn was at odds with the peachy beige faux adobe and glass facades of the surrounding buildings. It didn't give the impression of luxury. Built from grey concrete slabs with sharp corners and smooth rain-stained walls. Darry pushed down his disappointment. It would give him a chance to mingle with fans and he wouldn't be spending much time here anyway, he reassured himself. After an hour or so of checking in, washing up and relaxing, Darry pulled on his day one outfit, a black tuxedo, no bow tie, and headed out to the MAMCON welcome cocktail reception to sign in at the conference and hopefully meet his liaison. He wished James Smears had been able to join him. Unfortunately, James's certificate of rehabilitation was not sufficient to exempt him from requiring a visa for the US, and acquiring a visa in Canada was no small matter. As he stepped into the hotel lift, he was surprised to see the unpleasant woman from the plane. Gone were the dungarees. She wore a floor-length black evening gown with a drapey neckline, shoulder pads and long sleeves. It was form-fitting, but not tight, skimming rather than clinging. It made him think of a black and white film. Her hair was styled simply in a long braid. She wore makeup, very subtle, classy. In her hand, she held a simple gold clutch bag. What stood out most was not her transformed looks though, but her demeanour. While earlier she had been haughty and cool, disregarding him, now she smiled beatifically, welcoming, but not flirtatious. He'd misjudged her. She kept her head slightly bowed and looked up at him from under her now long and thick eyelashes sideways. Modest. Gentle. She didn't speak at all. This was the first time he had encountered such a female outside of a religious community. 
God's grace be with you, sister. He ventured. His blessings be upon you, she replied softly. They exited the lift together and walked through the lobby of the hotel, down the grey concrete staircase to the street. The woman had dropped a few paces behind him as they walked, keeping a respectful distance. The two rounded a tree-shaded corner with the evening light at their backs and approached the curved facade of the convention centre. Two spacecraft-like glass towers launched from the main meeting hall, flashing red as they reflected the low sun. Durry slowed his steps so the woman could draw level. Madam, may I escort you inside? He said and held out an arm. She smiled shyly as she lightly touched her hand on his elbow. I'd be delighted to. How kind of you. Making his entrance bathed in golden light, Darry strutted through the automatic doors with a trad wife on his arm. He was pretty sure all eyes were upon him. Obviously, he couldn't look around to see. It would spoil the effect. It was pretty crowded. He walked the lady to a row of tables with welcome packs and name tags spread out and a sharp-looking man with a heavy brow and a disgruntled look sitting with the sign-in sheet. As they approached, the man jumped to his feet. Ignoring the woman, he grabbed Darry's hand in a shake. Hey, Darry V, it's Malcolm. Great to have you here. Let's get you set up and signed in. Uh, is that yours? He asked, tilting his head to the woman. His tone was that of a matron lee confronted with a raccoon on a leash. Oh no, no, not at all. Daru replied, brushing off her hand without looking. Malcolm curled his lip at the woman. Should you be in here? He glared at her, unmoved by her fey expression of surprise and contrition. Oh, uh, I'm Gemma. I've come to cover you for Christian Wife Monthly. You, you should have me on the list. Malcolm surveyed her with scepticism. I don't know who authorised you, but let me warn you. I won't stand for your shenanigans. You step one inch out of line, and I'll have you out on your ass. We've had your side here before. Now then, now then, Malcolm. Gemma's here to do a job. A voice behind him cut in. You know why we need to get the faith root buy-in? Gemma will be good as gold, won't you, dear? How's about that, then? Gemma fluttered her eyelashes, peering up at the elderly man, white hair cut pageboy style, a pair of dark glasses obscuring most of his face. Off you go, the girls are over there. He waved a hand dripping with chunky gold rings towards a door to the side and turned to Darry, adjusting his blue tracksuit such that the white stripes down the sides were exactly aligned. This is Darry, is he? Oh lad, have we got a meeting for you? Get yourself signed in and have a wonder. Steffi will take very, very good care of you. He clicked his fingers and a small bald man with unblinking eyes beneath high arched eyebrows appeared at his elbow. We'll spend some time together later. Malcolm will bring you to me. Good luck, 
Off you go. With a jangle of gold necklaces and medallions, the track-suited man popped an enormous cigar into his mouth and strode off into the crowd. Malcolm reverently handed the welcome pack to Darry and pinned a plastic badge to his lapel. Sorry about that, Darry. They always make me nervous. Always sniffing around, sly, dirty. Can't trust them. Women. He tapped Darry on the shoulder. See you later. Steph flung an arm around his shoulders and guided him into the crowd. We don't have hang-ups about nail touch and friendship here. This is a place where we can finally be at ease. Touch and intimacy are the foundation of men's wellness and a best exchange by us brothers. I've been working on this specialised men's well-being programme for my wife's counselling practice. You know, I'd love to get some input on you about it. A warm, swelling feeling emerged in Darry's chest. This total stranger who seemed to be a face in the manosphere was asking him, Darry, for advice. Finally, he was meeting his people. Steph pushed a glass of sparkling wine into Darry's hand and steered him around the room, introducing him to so many men he lost track of names and faces. Every new face greeted him like an old friend. For the first time in his life, Darry felt like he belonged. They accepted him without the usual man-on-man dance of status calculation. They were all alphas. This community, he surmised, judged one's worth based upon the strength of his ideas, his commitment to a cause, his intellectual contributions. There were no arbitrary measures of material success here. He finally understood why seduction was an incidental topic at MAMCON. There was no need to prove one's manliness through sexual conquests. The men here understood that their masculinity was not related to women at all, but to a sacred innate power possessed by all men. They just had to find it. Next week, on Return of the King, part 13, Gemma sends back a field report to her comrades in Toronto. Find out what's really going on at MAMCON. See you there!